Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines. And let's get into this episode. This episode is going to be Frontier Gentlemen. Original air date is July 20th, 1958. And the title is Mighty Mouse. Hope you enjoy. And again, thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In Laramie, Wyoming Territory, I met a square-jawed sheriff named Will Harper and his slack-jawed deputy named Clem. Um, I also lost $20. Frontier Gentlemen. an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. taken the stagecoach from Dry Creek and was on my way back to Cheyenne. Beside myself, there were two other passengers. One, a gaunt, stern-faced man named Barnaby, who spent most of his waking hours reading from the Bible. The other, Thad Clark, a miner who, having made a modest fortune, was on his way to his home in Illinois. It was late afternoon, the stage lurching along the well-worn road a few miles to the west of Laramie. I tell you, fellas, I'm going to order me a, do- a dozen fresh eggs and all the fancy fluff duffs they got in the best eating place in Laramie. A man should not be a slave to his stomach. Well, 
That ain't exactly I'm a slave, Mr. Barnaby. I sure won't mind pampering it for a while. If you'd eaten as much jerky and drunk as much brown gargle as I have, you'd go along with me. I'd go along, Mr. Clark. Once, you know, once for two months, I had to live on nothing but dried fish and rice. It was in India. A heathen lad. You know, I got a hankering to do some traveling. Might be I'll take a trip out there, China, India. I got me enough gold dust in that little box to do a lot of things like that. The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, if it is, I'm sure going to find out when we hit last. What is it? What's the matter? The riders blocking the road. Now don't get scared, folks. Just a hold up. Hold up? If you got guns, keep them where they are. There's too many of them to put up a fight. My gold. Listen, I worked three years for that. Let's shoot it out. What do you say, Kendall? You got a gun. Look out the window. Five, six of them. Odds are against us, I'm afraid. They were on horseback, their faces completely masked, cradling rifles and shotguns in their arms. Two of them remained in front of the coach. Three more took up positions to either side and behind. The sixth man, who appeared to be the leader, called to us to get out. Our driver nonchalantly climbed down from his seat and began to roll a cigarette. The miner, Clark, stood next to me, right hand clenched, hovering over his gun butt. You, mister. And you. Do you mean me? No. No, the tall fellow, another one. Unbuckle your gun belts and drop them. No need for anyone to get her. I'm a poor man. I have no worldly goods. Sorry to hear that, brother. You a preacher? No. That's too bad. I never rob a sky pilot. Just empty out your pockets, all of you. Driver? Yeah. What you carrying? Nothing much. Well, we'll take a look-see. Jed, Frank, keep them covered. CD, you help me search them. All right. Driver, climb up there and throw down the boxes. Sure. All right, James. Nice and quiet. Let's tell your kids all about it. Kind of a puny wallet. Don't take that. It's all I have. Thirty, forty, fifty dollars. Well, now you ain't got any worldly goods for sure, friend. What about him, CD? Two dollars is all. You take a look in the coach. All right. Driver, climb down. Open up them boxes. Sure. All right, now you, mister. Here. You won't find much. It's a right handsome-looking watch you got there. I like it. Take it off. No. (laughs) Come on now, take it off. It has a great sentimental value to me. It can't be worth more than a few dollars to you. It all adds up, mister. Take it off. No. (laughs) You figure it's worth your life? In a way. Hey! Hey, look ahead while I found! Well, who belongs to this? It's mine. Guess it ain't no use asking you to leave it be. That's a fact. It sure breaks my heart the way you river snipers have to sweat to get that much dust. Give him back a sack of it, C.D., and see what's in the mother boxes. Here you are, Potter. Enough for grubs. Yeah, about that watch. Is it worth killing me for it? <laughs> Mister, that's a plumb low-code question. I plugged a fellow once over a chaw of tobacco. What's your name? Kendall. I like to meet a man with guts. 
All right, you keep that watch, Kendall. It's a present. And the bees, boys, there's riders coming up the road. Hello, Clark. Pick up your gun. Hey, you got one. You got him. The wounded man clung to his saddle for a few yards, then toppled over, fell to the ground and was still. The others disappeared in a cloud of dust along the road to the west. A moment or two later, a group of horsemen rode up. They were led by an exceedingly tall man wearing a large and rather ornate badge. Which way did they go? They went that way. They hey, took Kendall, here, got one. He's lying right over the eye. I have. You must get it. Clear me on the boys. Get after him. We do that, Sheriff. You uh, recognize any of them, Dallin? No. Must be new around here, Sheriff. I never did see them before. I figure I've been held up by most of the hold-up men in the territory. All right, let's take a look at that fellow you shot. Lucky few gents, we came along. Very lucky. Sure hope your boys catch up with them. Don't worry, we'll get them. Hmm. Well, that's the last roundup for this outlaw. Lob him through the head. Nice shooting, mister. Well, let's get that mask off. Uh, any of you ever see him before? I told you. No, I... No. No papers. I didn't think there would be. Well, I guess you gents can go on your way. I'll be obliged if you'll stop by my office in Laramie and make out a report of what was taken. Name's Harper. Will Harper. Hey, uh, you're new in Laramie, ain't you, Sheriff? Yeah, just took over last month. Aim to do some cleaning up. You got no worries. We'll have your valuables back by tonight. The Sheriff followed his posse. We went on to Laramie. On our arrival, Mr. Barnaby went off with a severe-looking woman, whom I assumed to be his wife. Thad Clark was kind enough to take me to dinner. Afterwards, we walked down to the sheriff's office. He sat behind his desk, powerful, square-jawed, steely-eyed, the picture of an iron-nerved man of the law. At a smaller desk, his discreet deputy was filling out some papers. Harper looked up as we came in, nodded briskly. Evening, gents. Sit down, sit down. Clam, fetch another chair. Yes, sir, Mr. Harper. You caught those fellas, huh? We trail them, all right. Well, make yourself come. Uh, thank you. I gather that you didn't catch them? Well, like I say, we know where they are just a matter of time. My deputy here, Clam, he's making out the report right now. I'd better get back to it, Clem. Yes, sir, Mr. Harper. Now, uh, you uh, want to give me a list of what was stolen? Not much of a list, Sheriff. Just ten sacks of gold dust, about $5,000. You get that, Clem? I sure did, sir. And uh, you, uh, Kendall's the name, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Uh, $20 in my wallet. Uh, Kendall, Kendall. Uh, say, aren't you that English newspaper fellow I heard about back in Cheyenne? I'm an English newspaper man, yes. Well, I'm proud, mighty proud. I reckon you'll be writing all this up for your paper. I imagine I will. Good, good. And you'll get a chance to see how we take care of bad men in Laramie. Things are going to be different around here. I'd admire to have you stick around, Kendall. 
We've got new methods, scientific, what they've been using in these. That's fine, but what about my goal? Those hold-up boys must be in Colorado by now. <laughs> you hear that, Clint? <laughs> I sure did, sir. That's a funny one, right? Funny. <laughs> I'll tell you where they are, gents. Right this minute, I can put my finger on them. But I'm going to wait for morning. They're holed up in the Centennial Mine, digging it's about 30 miles west of here. That's where we traveled them, isn't it, Clem? That's the place, sir. We got four men watching right this minute. Kendall, how'd you like to ride out to me in the morning and uh, watch us pull in a bunch of outlaws? It'd be very interesting, Sheriff. Oh, this will be just about the most important story you've ever written. And I'll be glad to help you make your name, Kendall. Uh, well, well, that's awfully kind of you. Sheriff! <laughs> Sheriff! I've seen one of them. Maybe two, maybe all of them. Well, now, now, easy, partner. I, I tell you, they're down at Lazy Kate's saloon. Them same fellas did the hold up this afternoon. No, no, driver, it can't be. We know where they are. We sure do, mister. Up in Centennial. And they came back to Laramie. I recognize the voices. Now, now, voices can fool you, take my word. We got them boxed in 30 miles away. It's them. I swear I can pick them out even without the masks. Uh, do you think it might be an idea to go down and have a look, Sheriff? Just in case. Man's an almighty fool not to follow lead. You want I should take the scatter guns, Mr. Harper? Don't see there'll be a need, Clem, if it's them, which I know it isn't. The old peacemakers will do our talking. Yes, sir. Driver, you come and point out your suspects. Clark, you better stay put. All right with me. Just get that gold dust back. That's all I want. Say, I'd rather like to come along, too, if you don't mind, Sheriff. Hmm. You may be a greenhorn, Kendall, but you got guts. Let's go. In a moment, we return to Frontier Gentlemen. CBS newsmen Walter Cronkite and Wells Church have teamed up to bring you a concise but comprehensive nightly report. Sunday through Thursday evening, join us on CBS Radio when it's time for Walter Cronkite and News. Friday and Saturday night at the same time, hear Wells Church and the News on most of these same stations. Both men are experts on world affairs, and each in his own way makes following the news an exciting adventure. And now we return you to the Anthony Ellis production of Frontier Gentlemen. For the second time that day, I had been apprised of the fact that my guts were organs of some consequence. Once by an outlaw who had stolen my wallet and its contents, and again by an outsized sheriff who wore a diamond-studded badge and carried two tremendous guns low on his hips. The four of us walked down the street. Sheriff Harper, his deputy, whom I only knew as Clem, the stagecoach driver, and myself. We arrived at the Lazy Kate Saloon. It was fairly well crowded, but almost immediately, the driver spotted the men in question and pointed them out to us. Two of them, their backs to us, standing at the bar. These the ones. Maybe the other fellas alongside, too. I never did get a good look at them. All right. You better stay here, driver. Kendall, you stay behind Clemens. If you think you recognize the voices, just sing out. You bet I will, Sheriff. Let's go, Clem. I don't say she can't do the job, but I'll ride along with old Colt 44. Now, that's for sure. That there's one sweet piece of artillery. I beg your pardon, uh, gentlemen. Huh? Haven't we met before? 
You talking to me, mister? That's right. This the man, Kendall? It's his voice. Looks like him. The other chap's the one he called C.D. Oh, Sheriff, is there something wrong? What's your name, mister? Fred Cole. You? Sylvester. Noah Sylvester. Who are these other boys? Who are them? I don't know. I never saw them before tonight. All right, keep hands on the bar, gents. Sheriff, we're supposed to have done something? A slight matter of a hold-up this afternoon. Us? Search him, Clem. Watch out for a belly gun. Yes, sir, Mr. Harper. (laughs) Mister, you got the wrong man. Me and Noah, we ain't no lettuce slap. No. (laughs) Shucks, I don't even carry a gun. Me neither. You're clean, Sheriff. For sure we're clean. (laughs) You got us mistook for two other fellas, mister. I don't think so. I'm taking you both in. The stagecoach driver identified you as well. If it's a mistake, you got nothing to worry about. If it isn't, there'll be empty saddles for you and Misty Beyond. Let's go. He took them back to the sheriff's office and they were locked up, protesting rather mildly and seemingly quite unworried. I could see that their manner had a profound effect on Harper. He must have felt that in my eyes his reputation was at stake. Unequivocally, he had stated that the hold-up men were trapped 30 miles away in the mine shafts of Centennial. Now, three of the victims had identified the ringleaders under his very nose in Laramie. He must have found it rather awkward, because after an hour or so of questioning, he faced Clark, the driver, and me, and said, Gentlemen, I've questioned those boys in there for better than an hour. I reckon I know men as well as the next man, maybe some better. And I'll see here and now that those fellas are innocent. They're not. Here, Listen, I know those voices anyway. I know how you feel. But in the morning when we bring the outlaws in, you'll thank me. And you won't have it on your conscience that two innocent cowpunches were unjustly locked up. In other words, you're going to release these men? Well, that's about the size of it, Kendall. In spite of the fact that all three of us know their voices, we couldn't all be wrong. Even so, you're going to let them go? Well, now, Kendall, this is a matter of law. They got nothing on them, show as they took any of your valuables. You identify a voice, but not a face, and that isn't going to stand up in court. Besides, there isn't much I don't know when it comes to following signs. That sure is so. Sheriff used to be a scout for Colonel Custer. Those uh, hold-up men never double back to Laramie. You can take my word for it. Uh, would, there, would there be any harm in holding these chaps at least until you bring in the others in the morning? Well... A- at least on suspicion. Kendall, I wouldn't want you writing in your paper that the sheriff of Laramie took the law in his own hands. I've got a mighty big job to do in this town, mighty big. You're worrying about your job in his newspaper. I'm worrying about my $5,000 they robbed off me. Well, I guess I could hold them till morning. I could do that. That's all we want. You know, ever since I seen that big fella without his mask, I got a feeling. What sort of a feeling, driver? Incidentally, what is your name? Driver? Elwood Driver. <laughs> kind of get you, don't it? Me being a stagecoach driver and all? Driver! Well, anyways, about that fella, I, I keep thinking maybe I seen him somewhere. Where? I don't hey, know. Hey, Sheriff! Yeah? What do you want, Cole? Me and Sylvester, we was wondering, how about some grub? For sure. Clem, go across the eatery and get them to rustle up some grub for the boys. Sure will, Mr. Harper. 
I guess I'll check in at a hotel and get some shut-eye. You can share my room if you want, Kendall. Well, thank you. As a matter of fact, I hey, was... Chef. Yeah? Well, me and Sylvester, we just thought of something. Maybe we can prove that we ain't the fellas you're looking for. All right, cool. Speak your piece. Well, now, these fellas, they say they was held up about ten miles outside of Laramie. That's right. And what time? Sixish. Yeah, what I tell you, Fred. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, Sylvester, he remembers these folks who could tell you we was right here in Laramie all afternoon and about sixish. Now, if that's so, we couldn't be in two places to once, could we? That's for sure. Now, that's for sure. You'll have to admit that, Chef. Well, who are your witnesses, boys? Three fellows down to the Sherman Hotel. We were playing billiard, drinking beer with them. I, I, I don't recollect their last names. See, there was a, a Jim... Jim... Jim Hankers. Jim Hankers, Hankers, that was. Yeah. And then Zach... And Zach and a brother of his, uh, uh, Jake. That's right. You go ask for them, Sheriff. They'll tell you. Well, you find I'm a fair man, boys. If you're telling the truth, I'll be fair with you. I knew you'd give us a square deal, Sheriff. Quite convenient, isn't it? What? Those three witnesses popping up. Might be so, Kendall. Man's innocent till proved guilty. That's the law. Yeah, but there was six of them in the holdup. Kendall plugged one. That leaves five. Two you got in there, the other three down the Sherman Hotel. My thoughts exactly. You just saying that five outlaws doubled back on me? You reckon I lost the trail of five men? You reckon they'd all be fool enough to come into Laramie after a deal I'd hold up? They might be smart enough to. Mr. Kendall, that's a mighty big paper you write for. And I guess you do a real fine job. But you're no lawman. I guess it's not... I'm being patient with you, gents, because I felt sorry for you. But I'm the Uh, sheriff of Laramie, and from here on in, I'm going to have to run things my way. Sheriff, it's... Soon as Clem gets back, I'm walking down to the Sherman. If I find those boys that Cole and Sylvester say they were with this afternoon, that's all I need to know. You'll free them? That's what I aim to do. It was useless to argue with them. A few minutes later, his deputy Clem returned, and Sheriff Harper strode manfully out of his office. Driver and Clark left a moment afterward as they were beaten men and were going to the nearest saloon to get drunk. I decided to stay. I had to see what I knew was going to happen. A half an hour later, he came back. One look at the smile on his face told me all I needed to know. Clem, unlock the cell. Yes, sir, Mr. Harper. Why, you found them? Yeah. Well, uh, just as a matter of curiosity, Sheriff, if they were lying, would you have known it? Yeah, I'd know it. That's why I'm sheriff. Come on out, boys. You found them, huh, Sheriff? And they told you where we was. I owe you gents an apology. Oh, now, that ain't necessary, Sheriff. You was only doing your duty. Well, it's mighty large of you to take it that way. Fred, I guess we'll be on our way, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, say, uh, Mr. Kendall, uh, that there is a right handsome watch you're wearing, Mr. Kendall. But I don't suppose you'd want to part with it. Well, uh, so long. Real nice knowing you, Sheriff. Yeah, so long, Sheriff. So long, Clem. So long. 
he's, he's the same one. It's I all you, right, Kim. Now, well, wait you a minute, take it this. easy. He's the... It's all Mr. right. Mr. Harper. Mr. Harper? You know, I... I was just looking through these wanted posters that come in in the morning mail. Yeah. Now, now there's one picture here. Uh, the fella's got a kind of familiar face. Here, here, you see? Yeah. Yeah. Jesse James, $5,000 reward for the capture, dead or alive. Sheriff! Kendall, I remember. I remember where I seen that fella. He's Jesse James. That's who? Jesse James. But you hear what I'm saying? Jesse James. Jesse James? Uh, Mr. James just left, Sheriff. I don't think he'll be back. This time, Jesse James left Laramie for good. Followed a day later by Sheriff Will Harper and his inestimable deputy, Clem. The irate citizens of Laramie gave them quite a send-off. As to how I recovered my $20 and Thad Clark at least a part of his gold is a story I shall telegraph next week. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Ted DeCorsia, Harry Bartell, Lawrence Dobkin, Jack Moyles, Vic Perrin, and Stacey Harris. Join us again next week for another report from Frontier Gentlemen. Bud Sewell speaking. This has been a presentation of otrwesterns.com, and we hope you enjoyed. Please take some time to like and rate our shows in your favorite podcast application. Follow us on Facebook by going to otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. 
Join in the conversation by going to otrwesterns.com slash discord. And don't forget to send us an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. This episode is copyright under the attribution, not commercial, share like copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com slash copyright. Have a great day. And again, thanks for listening.